0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. We talk about collecting sports cards, mindset, mentality, you name it. If it has to do with collecting sports cards, we'll probably cover it sometime on this damn program. And my name is Brett McGrath. I am a collector of sports cards that happened to start a podcast during the pandemic, and we are continuing to march along. Episode 327 coming at you. Consistency, content, and trying to bring value to the collector community. One episode at a damn time. want to shout out, first of all, thank you all for being here. If you are a longtime listener, appreciate the loyalty. Appreciate that. I do. It means a lot. You spend some time out of your week to listen to me talk about sports cards, and the friends that I have, the guests that I have, love those conversations, and we're going to unlock a new character on Friday, more on that soon, but I have to thank our unofficial sponsor for today's episode. We have the Fuego flavor from Takis, chili pepper and lime, look for the purple bag It will hit you hard. Can't get enough of it. If I need a spicy snack, something to juice my gills, I'm going for the fuego flavored of Takis. Something about that chili pepper and lime combo gets me up in the morning. I'm replacing it with my coffee. Uh, Maybe not really, but Takis in the morning. Have you ever tried it? Get your scrambled eggs going, get your bacon going, the pancakes or the waffles. Throw a little Takis on top and giddy up. I want to thank the fine people at Takis for being the unofficial sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast, episode 327 this week. We are coming to the end of the NBA season. As I record this, it's not quite over yet, but it could be soon. Um, The Denver Nuggets are just chugging along. Jokic is Jokicing all over everybody, I think. Um, we are beginning to see why he is the best player in basketball. I think the Miami Heat certainly have had a hell of a season. They over everyone's expectations going into this. We will be looking towards the draft. My mindset as an Indiana Pacers fan has been in draft mode for a while. I did buy... My daughter had a uh, hell of a, 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 a couple mail days here this past couple weeks. So we we outfitted her for the uh, 2023 seasons of our squads. Um, so we selected, um, she will be wearing Jonathan Taylor this season. Excited for the bounce back year of JT. Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, I'm not going to pick him in fantasy. He, he, he killed me last year because he was hurt. Um, that's fine. You can think that. Uh, but man, in the Shane Steichen offense, I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, so she'll be wearing the Jonathan Taylor, and it's a tough decision on the Pacers side. But she got a Benedict Matherin jersey, so she'll be rocking Matherin, Jonathan Taylor this season. Reminded me as those jerseys came in, I I, I need some I'm I need a new Pacers jersey. I'm waiting on the Vapor Anthony Richardson jersey, man. We all buy jerseys. I know it seems silly to some, but we love them around here. Um, it is, the, the spirits are high. We've got the draft coming up. NFL season's right around the corner. Feeling optimistic. Got a lot of concerts for, for, for us. We've been kind of in the house, haven't done much entertainment. But this weekend, we're going to be seeing Jason Isbell, new record that came out this past week. We're going to see him, local natives. We got Goose in Louisville the weekend after. Love concerts in the summer, and we're getting a lot of those under our belts coming soon. Been following the Midwest Monster. Unfortunately, was not able to attend. Uh, Saw the energy and passion coming from the Instagram community. Everyone there out of towners coming in and saying it was a hell of a show. Um, I think just seeing the passion and energy of the hobby right in my backyard is is fun. Uh, we had a unfortunate update on Friday that we had COVID in the house. So um, my wife tested positive. She's doing fine. Um, I, my daughter and I tested negative, but we decided, you know what, better safe than sorry. So we're all doing fine. We'll all be on the other side of it uh, soon. But yeah, that was a bummer. It hindered uh, my ability to go. Uh, meet all of you who are out there, and all good. There'll be another one, and that next one for me is the national. I'm excited to see the recaps from both the dealers and attendee perspective. I think uh, having these regional shows are are really good. It's good to see people excited. It's good to see the foot traffic. It's good to see all the the momentum. I will say, uh, this brief lockdown that I faced, uh, it's allowed me to spend a little more time with my cards and I think we are busy people, we're ambitious, we've got careers, we've got children, but the more time I find myself spending with cards, the less transactional the hobby feels. And so cards, it's like when you dig through your cases, you run into cards that you almost forget you purchased. And I don't know if this has happened to anyone, but it's like you buy a card and it was a card maybe from, you know, a month or two ago. Maybe like four or five purchases ago, but it almost, you almost, after you go through that process of buying the card, winning it in an auction, getting the mail day, taking the picture, p- posting it, putting it away, filing it away in the uh, case, almost like you forget about it until you are able to gain these moments where it's like, all right, just you and the cards. I love that just you and the cards uh, mentality. It gives you time to reflect. I think that's what it did for me this past week. I think uh, you see stories of where you were in the hobby during the moments when you made those purchases. And I think that's fun. I think like thinking about the year by year growth, And some of the cards that you bought several years ago might not be there anymore, but some might be. And then you start to reflect on those times. And so I'm very pro. Keep cards close. I understand some people uh, feel uh, want to mitigate risk and put their cards in a bank or maybe uh, participate in vault wars. We've got vault wars in the hobby. Everyone's got a vault. Come vault your cards. I, I get it. That's what some people do. I kind of like to keep my cards. Like to touch them. Okay, I like the physical nature of them. I know there's the pictures on the internet and all these things you can do, but I, I want the cards in my hands and in my possession. And it gave me the chance, and I put out this post, but just just to show you know some progress on sets and runs that we are building. And one of those for me is WWE Panini One. I'm released out of Chronicles. Almost done with that gold set out of 10. I am missing four cards. This is a public service announcement. If you have any of those four cards, get at me at Stacking Slabs across all social channels. And by the way, if you haven't already, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, and tell a damn friend you're enjoying this podcast. But I am missing, um, let's see here. I am missing Indy Hartwell, Katana Chance, missing Captain Lou Albano. I'm missing Gorilla Monsoon the golds out of 10, Panini one out of Chronicles. If you got those, hit me up. Doing this kind of activity can ignite a light in direction that you will go next. I know I have been thinking a lot about that and I'm always up to something. I'm always making moves and that's the best damn part of the hobby. And I will say one of the things that I stopped me in my tracks as I was digging through my case was I pulled out I've been, I've posted this, I've talked about it, but just how much fun I'm having collecting Manning and Luck and just the pairings during that era. I'm getting a lot of nostalgia for it. But one of the cards that I pull out of my case that is a card that I bought a long, long time ago. And this is the out of 10 dual auto Manning Luck on card autos with the number inscriptions on them, which is fun from 2015 Topps Definitive Football. 2015 Topps Definitive Football. And this is a one and done set. Obviously, by the timeline, 2015, the last year of football in Topps. And I saw this card, and I love this card. I love this card. And it just looks so cool. And it caused me to not only do some research, but doing some do some more exploring. And I love unearthing these sets from the past that might not be talked about enough. I think when people start sharing insights and information on sets, some people say, oh, they're hyping up this cards. And other people are just like, you know, fuck it. I'm just trying to like, express myself, express my collection. More on that at the end of this episode. But this set, okay, so 2015, I was not collecting sports cards in 2015. So Part of this, as a student of of sports cards and a collector of sports cards, I have to go dig in to resources and try to understand. Cardboard Connection obviously is a really good one. Beckett's posted a lot of on these sets. You can go to a lot of different sites and just understand and learn. And I love to learn about cards and sets, especially when they come from a moment in time when I was not collecting. So digging into Topps to f- Definitive Football. This was a super high-end set at the time, like $650, $700 a box, which was absurd at the time. And this box or this product spe- was specifically targeted at autograph and memorabilia uh, collectors. And I will say, uh, you know, I'm not much of a patch guy. If it's patch, I'm buying a patch. It has to be game-worn. But the patches here are unworn from all of my research and investigation. So I'm promoting 2015 Defendative football is a cool set, but maybe not so cool if you collect memorabilia patches. Um, at least it wasn't for me. There's, that's not the appealing part. And I'm not much of an auto guy, but if it's going to be an autographed card, I really like it to be an on card, on card, on a paper card. I'm not too much of a Chrome. Something about Chrome, I'm not 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 an auto guy, to begin with. Something about Chrome and autographs, I don't know. And I'm not saying I'm never going to buy a Chrome autograph or I don't have Chrome autographs. It's just I would rather it be on paper. We remember here, we all have our own rules and that's kind of one of my rules. But when you're digging into the autographs in this product, you've got these duels that are awesome. And I love good pairings and good duels. And like you've got Hall of Fame and you've got Active at the time. We've got Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris. You've got John Elway, Peyton Manning, you got Fav and Manning, you got Gail Sears and Mike Singletary, you got Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, obviously Manning and Luck. If you want a Manning duel, there's some cool ones in this. That's what I'll, I'll say. But then you've got Dorsett and Staubach, you've got Falk and Warner. It's just the list goes on. There's a Hall of Fame inscriptions autograph set within this product. I just had to like let that out because what I did was just spend some time with my cards. And the catalyst for that piece that I just talked about was me pulling out a card in my collection and looking at it and being like, you know what, I know this was a one and done set, but I don't know too much about Topps Definitive Football, so I'm going to go dig in and explore. And so that's what I'm doing. And I think that's the fun part of digging into your collections and spending time with your cards. One of the other threads that I want to pull this week is one that is... Kind of this balance we have, and it's this balance we have when we collect players and cards. Around, should I buy a player or a card because they're Hall of Fame and because they have all these accolades, or there's this I'm going to buy this player that from the past that might not have all these accolades, however, pairs really well in your mind in a moment in time that gives you a ton of nostalgia, and so. That has been happening to me recently. And so I asked the audience a question. We're going to dig into that question. But before we get into that question and the poll results, I want to share my own personal case study here. And that's been a mail day I got this week. And that was Robert Griffin's 2013 Select Gold. Now, if you've been a listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast, or you follow me on Instagram at Stacking Slabs, you know, I'm a proponent of, of 2013 select. I think the design is beautiful. I think I was on here last week or the week before talking about a Phillip Rivers. And getting those cards and loving those cards can open up a whole new world of pursuits. And so I was coming off the heels of getting this Phillip Rivers. Um, and I saw this player of their out of 10 2013 select in my save searches and it took me about a second, and I said, I need this, and so I bought it, and that was Robert Griffin the Third, okay, so it's not always accolades that drive purchases. And I think how specific players make you feel and what's left in your heart our hearts and minds about those players are really powerful, and so there's something about players like for me, Robert Griffin III, that made us feel something during those moments of our life. And we need to express those moments. And our best way to express those moments are adding to the collection. Now, the driving force of my nostalgia with Robert Griffin is heavy in, on the fact that I love Andrew Luck. He's a primary PC of mine. And you, I, what I think about football and all the years of football that I enjoyed, I think a lot about 2012. I think a lot about the Battles and the way media framed up the future between RG3 and Andrew Luck, and reflecting back on all those moments, I have decided a couple months ago that, you know what, I need some RG3 to help represent that in my collection. And so I bought this card. Now, for me, as I'm pairing Andrew Luck with Peyton Manning, it's also fun to pair Andrew Luck with RG3. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And so this got me thinking, and this had me reflect a little bit on, there are so many players that had careers that might not have lived up to what we all thought they were going to be in all of the sports that we collect in. However, we still buy their cards and we still still spend a lot of money on their cards. And so what is the reasons for this? And I decided, you know what? Let me just ask the community who are who receives the most hobby love with the fewest accolades. Now, when I asked this question, I got a myriad of responses. And so, what I wasn't expecting was I wasn't expecting to get present day players. However, by reading it back now, I definitely see why that happened. So before I dig into the players, I will also, here's another uh, point I want to make on this poll. I got a lot of responses. And so the only players that I'm going to call out are players who received multiple votes because we would be here all day if I just ran through all the players that everyone said. But before we get into the kind of the purpose of the question, I thought this was interesting. The responses on active players who... Gets more hobby love than has accolades. There was one individual that absolutely dominated this question from a uh, present-day perspective. Now, I wonder, as you're sitting there listening to this, who do you think that player is? Who do you think that player—and I'm talking—this player did not only get a couple—this player got the most votes— out of this question. And I'll also say this, this player is a pretty good player. And this player, I think maybe has not had the best coaching or there's been injury. There's been a lot there. Excuses can be made. I still think this player is really, really good. And it's hard to argue that this player is really, really good, but I do think the value of this player is probably still a little bit high. And that player called out by the community, is Justin Herbert. And probably part of it is the aggressive nature. Just if rewind the tape a year ago today, how absurd the hobby high train was around Herbert. It reached new heights and new proportions. And I think some of that is still lingering. Do I think Justin Herbert is one of the better young quarterbacks in the NFL? Absolutely. Do I think he has the ability to be able to take? the chargers and make a run for sure. He's really, really good. But I think that reflects on just when you overhype something, people are going to call it out. And that's what we got here. But let's get back to kind of the RG3 part of it all. And that's what I was looking at. I was like, who are the most, who has the most hobby love with the fewest accolades? And so here are some names. And then I'm going to go through the names and then I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think these players have a hobby respect. Jeremy Lynn, Allen Iverson, Penny Hardaway, Kerry Wood, Bo Jackson, Vince Carter, Michael Vick, Jason Williams, and Derek Rose. Those players received multiple votes. Penny Hardaway received the most votes by far over anyone, including Justin Herbert. There were a ton of people calling penny hardway one and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing so i think the way i look at this is that it is we want to as collectors want to pair accolades on the field on the court with prices and want to make it a linear line i don't think that necessarily adds up because at the end of the day it's those moments in time that leaves that is left in our hearts and minds that drive the nostalgia, that drive these purchases, which ultimately drive prices of players. Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you were. There was something about that moment in time that was so captivating that they not only released a you know, Netflix special on it, but it's still being talked today. That drives collectability. Allen Iverson, one of the most, I think, influential athletes of all time. I think his play, his style, he not only brought in just uh, the the on-the-court flashes, the attitude, but he really brought in just that culture to the National Basketball Association, which I think allowed it to gain new heights. Okay, AI, Will forever be in the hearts and minds of so many people, and it's not just the sound bites like practice, but it's just this guy. You look at him, and the quote was like, "I did, I didn't lift the weights because they were too heavy. Uh, he just didn't need to because he was a, one of the best basketball players of all time. So people are going to buy, collect Allen Iverson till the end of time because he le- he's left a lasting impression. Penny Hardway Same thing. We were all kids during Penny Hardway's height and little Penny and the shoes and just how good he was when he was before his injuries hit. We all want a piece of moments and players that give us that. Kerry Wood, one of the most dominant debut performances or maybe not debut performances, but his 20 plus strikeouts, one hitter against the Astros that really put him on this new trajectory. And, like, Kerry Wood, like, there's been so many pitchers that have been so much more successful in baseball, but Kerry Wood is a name that we won't forget. Bo Jackson, same difference. I mean, geez, if you were a 90s kid growing up, it was Bo Jackson, everything. No matter what, Bo Jackson is going to be collectible and drive value for the end of time because he has left that imprint, dual sport, being... You know, one of the most ridiculous athletes ever, the Tecmo Bowl of it all. It's going to leave that price. Vince Carter, I mean, just the longevity of the career, but in that slam dunk contest, I mean, I don't want to limit to slam dunk contest because his career was absurd, but just no one's ever going to forget that. Michael Vick, same way. Yes, there was the dog fighting thing. Yes, the, there was the negative PR, but he had the bounce back, but it wasn't just about the bounce back. It was before all that. There was not a more exciting player to ever play the quarterback position in the NFL than Michael Vick. Jason Williams did things that we weren't used to at the time. It was like watching an and one mixtape on the floor. It's like, really, this guy is doing this in the NBA? And that is something that people want to hold on to. And Derek Rose is just, before his injuries, being the youngest MVP of all time, it's like people, and he's still playing and people want to collect those types of players. So I just think the power of nostalgia drives collectability. We all want to create linear lines and it doesn't really matter all the time. What matters most is that we're buying players that make us happy. And that's what I love. I want to thank my man, Chris Hoge, from being on the podcast, I think that was a fun discussion, got a lot of really good feedback. I think learning from the past is really important. We should be mitigating our risks, be aware of what we're doing, how we're buying, when we're buying, not getting sucked up in the hobby hype vortex. We have a new character unlocked this week, my man, Jason, Sportfish card collector. He is an incredible Brady collector. I love the way he builds and collects and creates continuity across his PC. He also collects with his son, too. We're going to talk a lot about that, so be on the lookout for that. I have had a ton of fun digging into this idea of collecting first year and first year anything. And it can be prism, flawless patches, crack dyes, whatever. But I just think there's admiration for the debut, debut year of a product and really good players that you collect or you're thinking about collecting that are part of debut sets. There's value there. And I, what I what the way I look at it is... There is so many cool cards and so many debut products that just sit and maybe don't get the love and the attention and This might sound like a little bit of an oxymoron, but buying a veteran card in a debut product is almost like getting his rookie card right vet card it's like a rookie card in that product. I know it's a little bit of an oxymoron, but you see if you follow that wavelength a little bit, but I think there's so much fun there's honor and prestige with the debut year. And it's not just the mainstream debut products. There's debuts everywhere. I talked about that definitive, tops definitive, one and done debut year. Okay. The, you know, driving the prices. And I think looking back on just um, finding lanes and finding different areas to explore. That's one that I've been having a lot of fun. I mean, I posted this a long time ago. and want to close this out, but I just said like, don't let outside influences deny your conviction. Who cares if they're talking about it? That's opportunity. It's just you and the card. Buying low is the benefit. Buying because it makes you happy is another. Be first to it. Be crazy to others. And I think being an individual, being able to express ourselves through our collection is the most important thing we can do. And people say it's hype when we go to our social media accounts and we talk about the cards we love. But also there's this element of people don't feel like people don't like feeling left out. And being the first and being proud of it isn't pumping. There's a fine line between education and inspiring and pumping and dumping. It seems like the more you dig in and express yourself, the more haters that are going to exist. The best part about collecting is curating for yourself and not giving a shit what other people think. It's gravy when you can connect with others who are doing similar stuff. I love sports cards. I love to talk about sports cards. I love to learn from other people and do everything in between. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're going to have Jason, Sportfish Card Collector, on the damn program this Friday. You're going to want to tune in. Can't wait for that one. You all take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More stacking slabs on the other side. Peace out.